do you think the Steelers were one running back away from going to the Super Bowl and potentially winning it? I do not believe so, no. <laughs> exactly. You're now listening to the Wandering Buffalo Podcast with your hosts, Andrew Chang and Justin Goddard. Hello and welcome to the Wandering Buffalo Podcast, a show on the Built-in Buffalo Network. My name is Andrew Chang, and as always, my co-host is here with me, Justin Goddard. Today, we're going to take a more in-depth look at uh, the Bills' Week 1 matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So what we're going to do is kind of give an overview to the game this coming Sunday. We'll talk about how the Steelers view themselves as a team, or how the media views them. Uh, We'll talk about things we want to see things we don't want to see, and then we'll wrap everything up by giving uh, our game day predictions. As always, you can find us on most social media accounts and podcasting platforms, and even on YouTube by searching The Wandering Buffalo Podcast. In addition, you can find other amazing shows by searching up the Built-in Buffalo Network. Great stuff at that uh, network that we are a part of. But as always, Justin, how are we doing today? I'm doing good today. It's... uh starting to feel like that fall football weather outside. I'm mm-hmm. sure this is, you know, the Rochester, New York little little fool's fall. We'll have a couple more 90 degree days coming up, but this is my time of the year. I love that a little 75 with a breeze. You can wear pants without sweating right there. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, you know, it's Labor Day. That's when we're recording. So I, I had the day off of work and i i took it to its full advantage and just relaxed chilled out watched some highlight videos of uh you know the bills last season and i'm hoping that they can build off that historic season this year and keep it going (laughs) but anyways yeah for sure so let's talk about the week one matchup against the pittsburgh steelers so the game will be played at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, New York at 1 p.m. It's supposed to be 75 degrees uh, as of today, according to weather.com. Partly cloudy and winds up to 14 miles per hour, which, you know, for me, I'm just like, 14 miles per hour? That sounds pretty fast. (laughs) Um, Luckily, we got T-Bass, so we'll see see what he can do there. Um, But ideal football weather nonetheless, so you can wear a hoodie out there and feel pretty good as Justin alluded to earlier Uh, but let's break down the Steelers so you know this preseason they went three and one you know pretty good I guess not you know three and oh like the Bills but you know whatever they had to play an extra game (laughs) and last year they went 12 and four and that's something you can't do by accident And I looked at PFF, and just because, you know, they're pretty free in terms of uh, the analytics that they give, and, you know, scoring, their offense scored a 416 points last season, and that's good for 12th in the league. Pretty good. And they allowed 312 points to be scored on them, and that's good for 3rd in the league for their defense. Overall, PFF gave them a 13th best overall in the NFL. Do you kind of agree or disagree with that, Justin? Um, I, I agree with it to an extent. Um, I think I'd consider their offense kind of on on the average side. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, you have Ben Roethlisberger. He's a seasoned veteran in, in the league, probably a future Hall of Famer. 
Um, but he is getting a little bit long in the tooth. We we kind of saw last year uh, a lot of a lot of dink and dunk type of things. Um, kind of, you know, if you can keep keep the receivers in front of you, there's not really a huge threat to take the top off like like there used to be. Mm-hmm. And I do think they have the receiving talent to to be able to run those plays. I just don't think Ben currently has the arm to consistently get it there enough. Um, so what I look at more with this matchup is the defense, right? The, I mean, they they had a killer defense last year, um, played complementary football where the offense wasn't really holding them back, but the defense is, is the highlight of this team to me. Um, and I did see uh, T.J. Watt is currently not practicing amidst a contract dispute, mm-hmm. and I am all for you know, let's go out there and beat their best guys on their best day and really earn it. But week one of the season, I'm not mad if that guy's not chasing down Josh Allen. Yeah, I agree. There, There's a lot of people in Bill's Mafia that's like, oh, God, please, please don't let him start. And, you know, I don't want him to start either. And it's good to know that it's more, uh, you know, not injury-related or something serious that magnitude. But... There's always a part of me, and this is how I felt about Brady leaving the division, is that I want the Bills to leave no doubt out there. So, you know, let's say he doesn't play, and the Bills just steamrolled them on defense. Then there's going to be that narrative, well, T.J. Watt wasn't there. What happens if T.J. Watt's there? And that, that thing's just so annoying, and I'm just it, it's just annoying. And I, I'd rather that, that narrative not be there, but I also... I'm cool with him not being there, if that makes any sense. I'm, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, I I would be okay with it in this circumstance. Just just I I follow that narrative more, like in crunch time and in the playoffs and whatnot. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't want to beat somebody in the divisional round with their backup quarterback because Patrick Mahomes got hurt the week before, right? But yeah. week one of the season, you know, just, just getting the legs under you, I, I'd be okay with. TJ Watt not being there. Yeah. So, you know, you we already kind of talked about it, but their quarterback is Ben Roethlisberger. And in my opinion, and this is factual, you know, we, we know he's a veteran in this league. Now, some people think that Big Ben is on a serious decline. And I would agree, but it's not like he dropped off the face of the earth like Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco went from a starting quarterback to like jumping to three teams in like two seasons. <laughs> you know, it's nothing nothing to that magnitude. And he's very knowledgeable. There's not a lot of defenses that Ben Roethlisberger hasn't seen. And to your point, he's most likely a future Hall of Famer. So I I don't know. what I feel like with Ben Roethlisberger in the game, there's a chance that the Steelers could, you know, perform better than what I hope that they can you know it's just I don't know he just I always get nervous when I when we play play against veteran quarterbacks just because they're very savvy and they've been around they're knowledgeable they know what's up and you, you go against guys like that it's like what can you toss at them that they're not that they haven't seen yeah I feel like with the Steelers too uh like organizationally they're they're a similar team to to Buffalo and that like blue collar, hardworking, mm-hmm. you know, you might get the win, but they're going to play you tough. Um, they're not going to go down without swinging. You know, like you said, they went 12 and four last year. 
they were 10 and 0 at one point and and kind of started slipping towards the playoff time. They they got cold at the wrong time instead of hot at the right time, but mm-hmm. I mean that's still a team that won 12 games in the NFL last year. So, definitely not a team that I'm looking at taking lightly. Yeah. So, let's move on to how Steelers media views this team and I I I'm a big fan of going on Bills Wire part of USA Today, and I kind of did that, did some black ops work, but for the Steelers. So this was how, we'll we'll break it up to offense and defense of how the Steelers view their team. So let's start with offense. They believe the strength of this team is their wide receivers. Now, I'm not entirely sure I agree with that, considering last year there were a lot of drops when it came to this group, but I, I, it's hard for me to argue that it's not their strength. Like, because last year who they have for running back James Connor and who, like it it had to be their wide receivers. Um, so I don't know. Do you agree or disagree with that, Justin, especially this year with the addition of Najee Harris? Like, do you think that their strength has shifted more towards the running game has it become more balanced or is it just straight up still wide receiver centric i would say it's still on the wide receiver side um mm-hmm. in particular we saw deontay johnson struggle with some drops last year um but when when he has the ball in his hand he's dangerous um chase claypool is a receiver i really like um i was i was very interested in the bills taking him when he was coming out of the draft uh, big wide, re- big body wide receiver. He can get up the field, uh, and then you still have Juju Smith Schuster um, for all his TikToks and out here doing the crate challenge and all that. He still is a, a good receiver in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a matter of what Ben's arm looks like, and I think the earlier in the season you get Big Ben, the better his arm is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say. At least offensively, their strength still lies with the wide receivers. Yeah, yeah. And I would agree with that, too. Uh, Moving on, you know, you just kind of alluded to their second strength, but they believe that a healthy dose of Big Ben really shows the strength of their QB depth depth on their roster. I mean, makes sense. Right behind them, they have Mason Rudolph, who didn't look completely inept in preseason. And then behind him, they have Dwayne Haskins, who was a former first-round pick who has that pedigree. Now, we know he didn't things didn't pan well out in Washington, but, you know, that's actually a decent quarterback room, if you really think about it, like a suitable backup in Mason Rudolph and a former starter in Washington. So I think that quarterback room is actually pretty decent. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's bad as far as, you know, if you look around the league, <clears throat> excuse me. If you look around the league to some other teams second and third string options, I think both these guys could be adequate replacements if they had to come into the game. Mm-hmm. I don't think either have shown me anything to believe that they're a bona fide franchise quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, looking long term with the Steelers on what their plan is after Big Ben. But as of right now, I think it's a, I think it's an above average room. Right, right, and I think Joe Marino put it best. Like you want your backup to go five hundred, and I think either of those guys could get you five hundred. I'd agree with that. So, 
you know, that's, that's really not bad. You know, teams typically need one of those guys. The Steelers have two. (laughs) All right. Moving on to the tight end room. They believe at uh, Steelers wires that this group, this group, positional group has a lot of upside. And I personally agree. You got Eric Ebron, a former pro bowler, played pretty good last season. And then they drafted Pat Firemuth last year, which people were calling Baby Gronk coming out of the draft. They were saying by midseason, this group could literally tear it up. And I'm not so sure I disagree with that, but I think when it comes to tight end development and here comes the narrative with Dawson Knox. It's a slow developing position. I think maybe Pat Firemuth could come on strong, but I don't think it's going to happen as soon as, you know, knock on wood here, against the Bills in week one. So I think when it comes to that matchup, the Bills are just going to have to focus on Eric Ebron. Yeah, I think this could be an area where they might be able to exploit our defense a little bit. Um, just from historically speaking, we've struggled covering tight ends for really as long as I can remember. Um, I don't expect Fryermuth to come in game one and really light us up. Like you said, it's typically a slow developing position. And I actually really liked him coming out of the draft. Um, but I also think that kind of in a draft where Kyle Pitts was the top tight end, and Fryermuth was, you know, the number two tight end. I think there's a huge drop off between the two, mm-hmm. and that he kind of got a little bit overdrafted because of that. Um, I think he could be a great player in this league. I just don't expect a ton from him year one. Mm-hmm. And I think Ebron's a good tight end. I think just with the way we match up against tight ends, uh, if that if that's a matchup they decide to attack, they could probably have some success there. Um, but like I said, it pretty interested in, you know, kind of giving them a little bit of cushion, letting them work underneath a little bit, keeping everything in front of them. I think this is like a classic matchup for the Ben, but don't break defense where they might move the ball quite a bit, but I don't think they're really going to put a ton on the scoreboard. Okay. All right, let's move on to, I guess these next two points kind of blend together. Um, I'm going to skip over the fourth one, but they believe their interior offensive line is very good, specifically at center and guards. And I guess I would agree with that. I don't really watch the Steelers, so it's hard for me to really disagree with that because I don't have a a knowledge when it comes to that group. But they do acknowledge that their left tackle spot specifically their depth and their starter is very underwhelming and lackluster and just quite honestly suspect. So you have some highs and lows. Yeah, pretty much. So I, I would agree with that because I have heard that, you know, some people to go as far as the Steelers might have the worst offensive line in the league. Yeah. Your interior is good, but your franchise left tackle, a cornerstone to, your organization is you can you can honestly say it's not great that's not a good sign (laughs) so I don't know how I feel about that yeah I, I think this is one of the things and it'll be the next guy we talk about but going running back in the first round kind of was a little puzzling to me 
I, I do acknowledge that they were, you know, trying to improve their run game. But I think a bigger part of improving your run game is starting with the offensive line. And I think especially with an aging Ben Roethlisberger, that should be your top priority is protecting the quarterback. And I feel like they kind of took uh, this luxury pick with Najee Harris. And if I was running the team, which I never will be, and we've seen time and time again on how wrong I can be. But for me personally, if I was a fan of that organization, I would have been much more interested in seeing the offensive trenches really get shored up before we went after a running back. Yeah, and I agree because what's his name? Uh, Villanueva. He left, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, and he's he's a staple at offensive line. So how are you going to replace a guy like that? Sounds like they didn't really do too much. Yeah, it sounds like they didn't do too much, but uh, we'll we'll see. (laughs) And then lastly, you know, you just alluded to it, Najee Harris. They think he's going to be an absolute star, but there's no one behind him at all. So, and this is where, like, taking a running back in the first round is questionable, in my opinion, just and, you know, you said it too. I would rather have looked at other areas to improve my team, specifically in the trenches, or like a cornerstone piece, like a quarterback, cornerback, some, something like that. But to invest in a running back, it's kind of like, all right, win now mode. At least that's what it screams to me. And you're not really thinking about the future. So maybe... and. I very well could be wrong, but maybe by picking uh, Najee Harris, they're they think they're closer than to the bowl than I think they are because I just don't I just don't agree with that kind of pick. Yeah, and we talked about it kind of at the top of the show. Like they did win twelve games last year, so I mean, on paper it doesn't look like they're too far off when you look at it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that it's a team that kind of overachieved last year for where they're at in their life cycle and I do agree with you I think the Najee Harris move is like hey we we got to go now like Ben's Mm -hmm. not getting any younger we don't have that bona fide replacement on the team right now like we need to capitalize on what's left of this window Mm -hmm. so I guess in in that regard I don't really I don't necessarily fault them for them for that move. I just still don't personally agree with it. I think it's a, I think it's a better move to build through, you know, protecting your quarterback as long as you have him. I do mm-hmm. think Najee Harris is going to be a beast. I just, you know, I, just not where I would have gone to to improve the roster to make a run at the Super Bowl for me. Yeah, and I'll ask you this question because I was asking other people this when a lot when there was a lot of speculation around drafting a running back in the first round do you think the Steelers were one running back away from going to the Super Bowl and potentially winning it I do not believe so no <laughs> exactly that's that's how, exactly how I felt about that so I was I I just I just didn't understand it. <laughs> Anyways, let's transition to how the media views their defense, starting with the depth that they believe is the strongest point of their entire team, and that's the depth at outside linebacker. They think it's number one in their main reason for being a top uh, five defense last year. 
and that's because they have T.J. Watt, if he plays, Melvin Ingram, Jameer Jones, Alex Highsmith. It's a pretty deep room for just, you know, one position. And you got a veteran like Melvin Ingram to come in. I know there was a lot of speculation that he might come uh, to one Bill's drive, but obviously that didn't happen. And he hung out in free agency for a while, but you get a veteran like that to pair with a superstar in Watt and have good depth behind that position. I understand why this, why this team views that group, that position group as their strength. Yeah. So for this one, I, I feel like Melvin Ingram is a great addition, um, but I kind of fail to see where that group is exponentially better than last year, the year before. Um, they did have uh, Bud Dupree, who they let walk, and I believe he had an ACL injury. So, you know, who knows what you're going to what you're going to get when he comes back from that. So, I kind of understand that to an extent. Um, but for me, that was like a plus minus where you lost Bud Dupree and you brought in Melvin Ingram. That's kind of a wash to me. That being said, like it it is still a top notch group in the NFL. Uh, mm-hmm. TJ Watt is an absolute game wrecker. Uh, it's scary how good that guy is. I believe we contained him pretty decently last year. Yeah, I think. Well, Darrell Williams had a had a really solid game against him, and you know it's funny because like he was almost anticipating the speed and burst of TJ Watt. Cause he got called for a couple false starts. If I'm not mistaken, by jumping a half a second early, anticipating that burst from Watt. So it worked out and, uh, let's hope it, it let's hope he can do it again. <laughs> All right, let's move on. They believe that their cornerback room, although it had departures specifically Steven Nelson and another one of their, uh, depth players is still very good so they got Cameron Sutton James Pierre who both played really well in preseason and Joe Hayden which you know he's he's actually playing pretty good despite his age so I don't know if I necessarily agree that their cornerback room is as strong as it was last year I think it took a step back but you know, we'll, we'll we'll just have to see. I just don't think, I just I just think Steven Nelson was a, a better player than Cameron Sutton. Yeah, and I, other, I in company. Yeah, I think Cameron Sutton's a real good cornerback in this league. Um, I think between like him and Steven Nelson, it was kind of like a one A one B conversation mm-hmm. where they they were both kind of good enough to be a one. And I think having Steven Nelson across from him makes him a better player. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I I do still think Joe Hayden is playing great football. I don't think he's really showed his age at all. And I, I think, you know, that's a position where players tend to be able to play a little bit later into their career and, and still make an impact um, when you look around the league. So definitely still a formidable secondary. Um, let's see how they do going against the Bills receivers going five deep. Yeah. When the Bills go ten personnel, we'll we'll see if their if their depth at cornerback is truly a strength of their defense. <laughs> Anyways, um, moving on to the next one, they think their defensive line took a huge hit with Stefan Tua going on IR to start the season, which I would agree with. 
you know, he he's a game wrecker in his own. And again, you know, this kind of ties in with how I feel about TJ Watt. I don't not want him to be there. And obviously I want him to be healthy and, you know, everything's going to be good with him, hopefully. But I don't want any doubt left out there when the Bills O-line faces their D-line. Yeah, I agree. And, and like you said, we talked about it earlier. I don't, I don't want to have the narrative of you beat them, but who was playing for them and whatnot. Um, but I also don't want these top notch athletes coming after Josh. I do I do anticipate our line being good enough to protect Josh Allen, but mm-hmm. week one I I just don't want to see any nasty hits or anything like that from these guys. So mm-hmm. best of luck to him on his recovery, but feel free to stay away for for a week or two. <laughs> yeah. And then this one kind of surprised me. Well I guess it didn't surprise me, but I just think about how our group compares to their group, and I'm like, hmm, interesting. So they think that their safety room, or they believe that their safety room has a lot of upside with Terrell Edmonds and Trey Norwood playing well in preseason, and they have Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka Fitzpatrick, I understand, one of the best safeties in the league, but Terrell Edmonds, Tremaine Edmonds' brother from what people are saying hasn't really shown a lot in Trey Norwood. I I don't know when I, it's like a star, like they have their star in Minka Fitzpatrick. And then who do they have after that? Yeah, I think this, for me, this is the type of room where it's described as, as a high upside room because they haven't really, seen it pan out yet and they're Mm -hmm. still young enough that you can kind of bank on development um i feel like that's kind of like where we're at with tremaine Edmonds. like yeah he's still got a really Mm -hmm. high upside he's really young and like you've seen flashes and he's looked good at times and at other times he's looked like a liability um so i i feel like that's just kind of a fun way of saying like "Eh, we're not there yet but could turn the corner this year but you still got Minka Fitzpatrick, Minka Fitzpatrick back there, who is an absolute stud. Yeah, and I think it's really important to note that this room for the Steelers, where you alluded that there could be question marks and a lot of upside, but it's unproven upside. That's most likely in every single NFL roster. There's a position group in every NFL team. That has this where it's like unproven. Uh, I get there's upside, but until we see it, it's just not there. So I get it. I do. Mm -hmm. And then the last note that they mentioned about their defense is that there's a giant question mark when it comes to inside linebacker. You know, they traded for Joe Schobert um, and that's great. But they're also unsure of how Devin Bush will respond after coming off that season-ending injury last year. And this group didn't perform well in preseason. So it looks like inside linebacker depth could be an area of woe for the Steelers and maybe something that the Bills can take advantage of in the Week 1 matchup. 
Just HB dives all day. <laughs> Just go at the center of the defense. Right, right. I I think the Devin Bush injury is the real question mark here and you know how he ends up shaping up. Um, I think Joe Schobert's a, a decent NFL-level linebacker, um, but was a pretty recent trade, so you got to wonder you know, how he's fitting in, how everybody's working together. The, the inside linebacker tends to be a very important piece on the defense between calling out um, offensive line blocks, um, kind of telling people where to go on the field. So we'll see what that looks like, but, you know, the – the Bills coaching staff has to be looking at that in in the game planning room and seeing that that might be a weakness that we're able to attack. Yeah, and if there's anything that Brian Dable has shown is that he's willing to do anything to win in terms of, oh, that's your weakness? We're going to try to do that as much as possible. So, uh Maybe he will exploit that area. Lots of Dawson Knox <laughs> seam routes. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and uh, I guess that kind of wraps up how, you know, the Bills, or I'm sorry, how the Steelers view their uh, team in general or how the media views them. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back from break, we're going to talk about things we want to see and don't want to see out of the week one matchup against the Steelers. Welcome back, everyone. We're going to wrap up this episode by picking up on things that Justin and I want to see and don't want to see out of the week one matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So each of us are going to have uh, two things we want to see and don't want to see for each category. And I'll start off by uh, talking about things we want to see. And, you know, this is kind of obvious and low-hanging fruit. And sorry, Justin, I got to go first here. That's why you're going first. (laughs) I got I got to take it, but I just want to see Josh Allen come out so strong in week one. Build off of that development and, and that leap that he took from last year. Put the NFL on notice and show that his development and progress from last year wasn't a fluke and that he is worthy of that big NFL contract that he just got. He's, 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 he's our guy, and I hate... I shouldn't say eight, but I disagree with a lot of people and I dislike how there's a lot of naysayers when it comes to Josh Allen because that's all this guy has been through his entire NFL football career and he's just been proving him wrong year after year after year going all the way back to high school. So keep it up, Josh. Get that chip on your shoulder. (laughs) Yeah, like you said, it's kind of, the easy, obvious answer, you know, obviously as Josh Allen goes, this team will go, um, you know, we have a great roster around him, but we've seen so many teams in the NFL. If, if you don't have a quarterback that's performing, you're kind of spinning the wheels. So mm-hmm. easy answer, but probably the most right answer there is. Um, for me, I really want to see the the development that we saw from the defensive line in particular the defensive ends, the young guys, kind of carry over from the preseason and translate into this first game, build a little confidence. Um, We talked earlier about how the Steelers are kind of steady up the middle, but but their two bookends are a little bit bit questionable. 
So I really want to see if they can capitalize on on a decent matchup and really make some noise in the first game. Yeah, and this kind of takes away on an area of I don't want to see, so I, I'll kind of hold back on my answer here. But this is a group, position group, that's been heavily invested on. And if you have the other team acknowledging that, you know, there's question marks on the perimeter of their offensive line, we we need to capitalize on that opportunity. And if we don't see that, I, I'm going to be a little concerned on this position group as, you know, I, I have a lot of upside when when it comes to feelings for that group, and I want that to continue. But if we can't capitalize on an opportunity like this, that's it's going to be a little concerning. <laughs> For sure. All right, moving on to the second thing that I want to see. I want to see our secondary show the Steelers that their strength in wide receivers, which, again, we both agree that that's probably their strength, isn't as strong as they think that it is. You know, as I mentioned, Deontay Johnson had a lot of drops last year, and I overheard that they're going to try to transition away from the short passing game and aim for fields down the throw. And, you know, between the fact that Big Ben's arm isn't the same as it was last year, and when you combine that with the fact that teams don't typically throw deep balls against the Bills because it doesn't end well, I just don't I just don't think that that's a necessarily a strong matchup for the Steelers. So, I, I don't know. I just want I just want the secondary to show out on their wide receivers, showing them that our strength is stronger than theirs. I I think there's a good chance that that you see that. The um, looking back to the game that we played with them last year, it was a lot of a lot of the underneath stuff. There wasn't much going going over the top. So I I heard you know rink that they're putting in all kinds of new wrinkles on offense and whatnot. And mm-hmm. until we really see it executed, I don't really have concerns there. Uh, the second thing for me that I'd like to see, and this is just rolling over from preseason, training camp, everything we heard, I'm looking for special teams consistency here, and mm-hmm. largely the ball security aspect of it. Um, Isaiah McKenzie looks like he's on track to be out there. He did have a, a fumble in the preseason game. I just... If it's a fair catch every time, I, I, we talked about this before. I'm I'm not so much looking for the 45 fl- yard flashy returns. I just want to make sure that each time we force their offense off the field, that the ball ends up back in Josh Allen's hands. So probably not the sexiest pick, um, but but ball security, special teams, being that third phase of football, really playing into the other two is what I'm looking for. Yeah, I don't want to see a huge drop-off when it comes to returner. And, you know, on the other side, they have, uh, what's his name, Ray Ray McLeod fielding a lot of that stuff. So we know as, we we know as Bill's Mafia. Yeah, so, you know, if McKenzie does, you know, let's hope that he doesn't, we can always look towards uh, Ray Ray McLeod and just uh, think about what we could have <laughs> instead. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on to things we don't want to see. 
And I'll start off here by saying I don't want to see Najee Harris go off. He is talented. You know, he is a first-round running back. He's got that pedigree. He did very well at Alabama. He, you know, he's just a monster. And you and I are both on the record for understanding why the Steelers did it. Well, we wouldn't have done it ourselves, but he is a first-round talent, and he's just really, really good. I can see the Steelers feeding him a lot, especially uh, behind that strong inter-offensive line and setting up a lot of play action. But one thing I don't want to see, and specifically when it comes to this, is that last year there was a lot of question marks when it came to our run defense. And the big thing was, you know, Star's not there. Star's not there. Star, Star isn't there to hold blocks and, you know, plug up a lot of holes. That's why our run defense wasn't that great. But he's back. And if Najee Harris runs all over us, then the area of concern resurfaces. And who do who do we as Bill's Mafia point to then? We can't point at Star, or maybe we can, saying, like, Star ain't it. But Maybe maybe the Bills' run defense just isn't a strength of this team. I don't know, and I hope that's not the case. <laughs> yeah, for me, my next one kind of ties into that. Um, my second one was I didn't want to see the Bills um, get behind on the, on the scoreboard early um, just because I think that if they can lean more into the run game, the Steelers, that is, um, it's going to pose more more struggles for us. Uh, I think if we can get up one, two scores on them and make them one-dimensional, Ben Roethlisberger doesn't scare me like he would have five years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think Najee Harris is, is factoring in to be one of their key players this year. So I think if I would like to see us, if we win the toss, take the ball first and just get out there and try to get some points on the board and, and try to make that team one-dimensional. Right, right. Moving on to the second thing that I don't want to see is, well, you kind of already (laughs) brought it up, but it came to the fact that I just don't want to see the Bills defensive line not take advantage of this weak offensive line unit that the Steelers are rolling out, specifically at left tackle. Um, Again, some people have even go on as far to say that the Steelers offensive line might be the worst in the league. And I, you know, I've already alluded to it. I'll just echo it again, but draft capital money, like roster spots, snap opportunities. The bills have done so much on this defensive line. Something has to stick. And if it doesn't stick against this favorable matchup, well, I'm just going to be kind of bummed out. But, you know, maybe maybe week one isn't isn't the right time for them. Yeah, You know, I'm just thinking, <laughs> you know, maybe they, they catch fire later into the season. But uh, that's just something I, I really don't want to see. Yeah, my, my last one is kind of like the converse of that. Um Mine was like not seeing our offensive line struggle. They do have a good a good pass rush. Guys like TJ Watt out there. 
Um, so kind of the opposite of what you said. I'd like to see our offensive line hold up and not allow a ton of pressure. And to your point, I don't know if this is the game where we see, you know, Rousseau and Basham really burst onto the scene. I I feel like they're going to get in the game, but I think by the end of the season, they're at like maybe 40, 40% snap rotation, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think week one, McDermott loves making guys earn their spot. I think there's a good chance that we only see them maybe like 20%. So even if we don't see them blow up onto the scene, I wouldn't be sounding the alarm yet. Yeah, and I'll slightly disagree with you here in that they, you know, Mario Addison is back, and I think they're going to bring him back in more of a reduced role, which would indicate me more snap opportunities for someone like AJ Epinesa or Gregory Rousseau or maybe not Boogie Basham as you know we we all know he played late into the fourth quarters and all the preseason game and I thought he was the most NFL ready out of him and Rousseau but turns out Rousseau is showing out a little bit more than uh, what we expected but hey who who knows maybe they'll throw him inside we'll see see Love to see it. Anyways, let's move on to our game day predictions. Justin, I'll let you lead off here. What do you, what do you think is going to happen? I'm not going to give out a score. Oh, I uh, am. I'm not going to do that just because, I, I don't know, it's too hard to pinpoint and justify, for me at least, but I'll let you lead this off. Uh, I got the Bills getting the W. Tough game. Defensive battle, probably like one turnover for each defense. Um, Bills win it 28-24. to 24. Do not cover the spread. Okay. I have the Bills winning, of course. Let's be honest. Yeah, they're going to win. At least I, I really hope so. And, you know, the last two match games that the Bills played, Sunday Night Football against the Steelers, were very, very close games. Very, very close. So I I think it will be another close game. You said 28-24, right? Yep. I I also think that it will be a one-score uh, game, as most games in the NFL are within one score of each other. But that's that kind of stuff makes me so nervous. Like I just want a comfortable victory, and <laughs> I I just think the Steelers are going to make it a little difficult for the Bills, and they'll make they'll make them earn that W, which I think they will eventually do. <laughs> Let's go! It's football season. Yeah. Yeah, one week, Bills Mafia. When this comes out, we'll, it'll be Thursday. So, wow, we're right on the doorstep of week one of the NFL season. Yes, sir. And I I can't be more excited. Seriously. I'm, football's back. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Anyways, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Go ahead and like, comment, subscribe, and review our podcast, as well as the other amazing shows on the Belt and Buffalo Network. As always, we're looking for great people to join our show so reach out to us on our social media platforms if you're interested on being a being on our show for a segment uh by searching the wandering buffalo podcast justin where can the people find you you can find me on social media at jgods22 and i just wanted to say we just uh just went over the 100 subscribers mark on youtube so thank you to everybody that's tuning in listen every week um really making this fun for us so we appreciate the support well said, Justin. And, of course, yes, 
thank you for all the subscribers out there and sharing this mutual love that we have for <laughs> you know all these 11 men on the field in uh, tights <laughs> I, I love the bills i love that we can all come together you know in many forms and shapes and avenues and just can have good conversations and positive uh talking discussion points about the bills so let's hope for a bills w and uh, i think that's going to do it for us today until sunday Go Bills. Go Bills. The prophecy stated a young man would rise out of a small, relatively unknown college. It is said, this man had a legendary weapon attached to his body, and he would wield this weapon against all foes. He would do this as a force for good, and lead the Buffalo Bills back to the promised land. The prophecy is now upon us all. May God be with all of those who stand in Josh Allen's way. This is where the story begins. Week 1 of the 2021 season. Josh Allen will fulfill the prophecy and destroy the Pittsburgh Steelers in a quest for honor and glory. So it is written. The prophecy will be fulfilled. Let's get out there! Kick the bat! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass.